Genesis chapter 17, verse 1. And when Abram was 90 years old and nine, 99, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am God Almighty, walk before me and be thou wholehearted. So God is saying, don't be wishy-washy, don't be two-faced in your faith, don't be wavering in your faith, be 100% believing in me. You know, a lot of Christians are not wholehearted, and there was many years when I was not wholehearted, and I just didn't really believe that God cared about me. And so I tried to obey him, but ultimately I didn't ask him for a lot of things because it never occurred to me that he would ever want to take care of me and do things for me. My lack of faith prevented me from not only trusting him, but also from receiving blessings because I didn't ask for anything. I didn't ask for help with the things I needed help with. I just didn't believe he cared. So when we're wholehearted, and we trust God completely, we include him in every single aspect of our lives, and we look to him first, too. And I will make my covenant between me and thee, and will multiply thee exceedingly. 3. And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, 4. As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be the father of a multitude of nations. Now this is the fourth covenant that we come to in the scriptures. The first one was when God promised to save Noah from, and his family from the flood. The second covenant was when God sent the rainbow to make a promise to the whole world that he would never destroy it by flood again. Third covenant was when God walked between the pieces of the carcasses of the bulls and all and the sheep and all that, and he promised Abram, that Abram would inherit the land of Canaan, and all of his all of his descendants would. And now we're at the fourth covenant, where God is telling Abram how his children will remain the children of God, and it's going to be a big identifier throughout the entire Bible. Five. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham, for the father of a multitude of nations have I made thee. And that's why people call Abraham Father Abraham, because his name means that he's a father of multitudes. Six. And I will make thee exceeding fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. And we know that was a fact. All the kings in the line of Judah came from Abraham. And the king of kings, Jesus Christ, came from the line of Abraham. 7. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed, which means his descendants, after thee throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. 8. And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land of thy sojournings, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. So the Israelites will never lose what we today call Israel, because God made a covenant. So even if the whole world fights against them, the whole world won't be able to take that land away. In the great battle of Armageddon, at the end of time, the whole world will fight against Israel. They'll gather to fight, but then God will wipe wipe them out. So it's just impossible for the Israelites to lose their land. 9. And God said unto Abraham, As for thee, thou shalt keep my covenant, thou and thy seed after thee throughout their generations. 10. This is my covenant. Okay, now we're going to find out what it is. Which ye shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee. Every male among you shall be circumcised. So this is the covenant where God says, If they're circumcised, 
they're in the family. If they're not circumcised, they're not in the family. And so you will see throughout the rest of scripture that anybody who isn't circumcised is not considered a Jew or whatever. So that's the sign. Circumcision is like a sign that you're in. 11. And ye shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a token of a covenant betwixt me and you. 12. And he that is eight days old shall be circumcised among you, every male throughout your generations. He that is born in the house or bought with money of any foreigner that is not of your seed. So God is saying that God, God always loves foreigners. And this is a theme throughout the entire Bible. God loves foreigners. He loves people who are not in their homeland. He cares for them. He loves the widows, the orphans, and anybody who doesn't have a country. He loves those people and he, he lovingly cares for them. So we're going to see throughout the whole Bible that God always commands the Israelites to take care of the widows, the orphans, and the foreigners because those are the people who have no one else to take care of them. So the Israelites are always commanded to take care of the, of the weak, and that includes foreigners. And because the Israelites are going to be foreigners in Egypt for 400 years, in the desert for 40 years, before they get to Canaan, he'll, he'll always remind them and say, remember, you were once foreigners, so you have to take care of anybody who comes into your land. So he's saying they have to be welcomed into the covenant too. You have to circumcise them and make them part of the family, basically. This, now, now why circumcision? And why the eighth day? The practical reasons are, medical people have discovered, that on the eighth day is when men bleed the least. It's the one day in a man's life when he's eight days old, when he won't bleed hardly at all. And so when they did that to the baby on the eighth day, it caused little to no bleeding. And that's why they did it on the eighth day. The other thing is, it is something that keeps you clean and prevents diseases. You can live without being circumcised just fine. But if you get circumcised, it's helpful as far as preventing diseases and infections. But the spiritual reason is way more important. The spiritual reason is because it is a, how should I put it, it's a foreshadowing of the circumcision to come in the New Testament, where we have circumcised hearts. Now, circumcising your heart is not a physical act. You don't take a knife and cut anything off. It's spiritual. Circumcising your heart means repenting of your sins and following Jesus, taking up your cross, and living living in righteousness according to his his word and by his power, by the power of his blood. That's a circumcised heart, is a heart that's turned toward God. So this physical circumcision of the flesh is a symbol of the new circumcision that will come in the New Testament when Jesus appears and when he dies for our sins and is raised again so that we can have eternal life. Then in the New Testament, they talk about spiritual circumcision, which is circumcision of the heart, not the flesh. 14. And the uncircumcised male who is, who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, that soul shall be cut off from his people. He hath broken my covenant. So here God is saying, any man who is not circumcised is not in the covenant. They're not considered a child of Abraham and a child in my family. 15. And God said unto Abraham, As for Sarai thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. 
16. And I will bless her, and moreover I will give thee a son of her. Yea, I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of peoples shall be of her. And yeah, we, we're going to read about all those kings in Samuel. First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, and First and Second Chronicles. We're going to read about all those kings. 17. Then Abraham fell upon his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old? Because he was ninety-nine, but he was getting ready to turn a hundred. And shall Sarah, that is ninety years old, bear? So again, Sarah is ten years younger than he is. But he knows that even if he conceived that night, he'd be a hundred and she'd be ninety when their child is born, because it takes nine months for a child to be born. 18. And Abraham said unto God, O oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. So Abraham, he is having a lack of faith here because he can't understand how God could possibly give them a child because Sarah's womb, she's already over menopause. And so she's not capable of having children. And maybe maybe Abraham doesn't think he's capable of getting her pregnant. I don't know. But he just says it, it just can't be. And so he says, why don't you just make Ishmael my son? We've already got him. Let's just do it the easy way. <laughs> but God doesn't need things done the easy way. God doesn't need our help, right? He, he can do anything. 19, and God said, nay, which means no, but Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant for his seed after him. 20. And as for Ishmael, I have heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him, and will make him fruitful, and will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he beget, and I will make him a great nation. Now this is absolutely true. Ishmael did have twelve sons, and each of his sons became a prince and they're listed in the Quran but they're also listed in the Bible. He definitely had 12 princes for sons and it's kind of a neat foreshadowing because the descendant of Isaac, the grandson of Isaac, Jacob, has 12 sons as well and those become the princes basically of the 12 tribes of Israel. But Ishmael is loved by God. He's not hated. He's loved and he's blessed. So from him comes kingdoms as well. Um, so, so God does love the Middle Eastern people. Even if they're not Jews, he still loves them very, very much because they're descendants of Ishmael. 21. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear unto thee at this set time in the next year. So Ishmael's children don't have to get circumcised and, because God's covenant is not with him. With them, it's with Isaac. 22, and he left off talking with him, and God went up from Abraham. So it's kind of like God came down in some sort of form to talk, and then he went back up to his throne. Very interesting. 23, and Abraham took Ishmael his son, and all that were born in his house, and all that were bought with his money, every male among the men of Abraham's house, and circumcised the flesh of their foreskin in the selfsame day as God had said unto him. So on that day, every single male, whether it was a newborn baby or an old man servant, um, they all got circumcised. And Ishmael got circumcised on that day, and Abraham too. So he just did the whole house. So a lot of them were in pain because it wasn't on the eighth day of their life. So they did, a lot of them experienced pain. And this is like around 500 or more men. 
24. And Abram was 90 years old and nine, so he was 99, when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, 25. And Ishmael, his son, was 13 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, 26. In the selfsame day was Abraham circumcised and Ishmael his son. So they were sore for a while. I, that was a unforgettable day. <laughs> 27. And all the men of his house, those born in the house and those bought with money of a foreigner, were circumcised with him. And that concludes Genesis chapter 17.